Well, hello, Darren Clarkson podcast. Introduces sometimes by saying whitewater kayaker, blah, 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 uh, living in the Himalayas, but in Snowdonia because of COVID. So that's how I've introduced this one. Sometimes I don't introduce it at all, and that's cool. But I've been kayaking a lot. I've been running a fair bit, and uh, I left my house in a bit of a mess. And I've still not plugged my microphone in that I got sent, so I'm on my headphones again. So if the audio is rubbish, I make no apologies. Right, what are we going to talk about today? It's hot, isn't it? It's hot. It's really hot. It's a weekend, and it's really hot. But I'm going to talk about kayaking. And I'm going to talk about confidence and overconfidence and gear. And it ain't scripted in any way, this, and nobody pays me. But if you want to buy me a coffee, there's a link somewhere, and you can put some money on this buy me a coffee link, and I get some coffee. And uh, some people have done that online, and some people have actually bought me a coffee, which is really nice. So if you want to do that, that's cool, because it does cost money to do this podcast, to host it and whatnot. But I do it out of love. Anyhow, podcasting me rattling on today. It's not endorsed in any way, and I'm not trying to flog out. Right, what should we talk about? Overconfidence. So there's not much white water going on in the UK right now. Now, I think there's white water. Well, I'm pretty sure there's white water in other parts of the world. So to my friends that are listening in the States, and you guys are doing some awesome runs in the States, because I've seen your pictures, or you know, Europe, and you happen to live in Europe, and you get some nice runs in, that's cool. If you're in the Himalayas, and you happen to be there, and paddling, that's awesome. But I'm talking about Britain, because we're still pretty island-locked here. Because no one's doing the, uh, the Amber Gambler and the Red Green Gug traffic light system that Mr. Johnson's put in place. Right, let's talk about confidence and overconfidence. Rivers are low. Rivers are like lower than a snake's belly. So all we've really got is damn released rivers. And facilities. Now some facilities have a sort of bank support network. Because you pay your money, you get on and somebody will lob your line if you swim. And some facilities are more of like a U-shaped horseshoe amenity. So if you do swim and swim the course, then, you know, you can get your gear back in the pool at the bottom, before, normally before a conveyor belt of some description. Now, some facilities are actually real rivers that have been managed. Principally because of dams and they get released from water around the country. And we can argue all we like about the rights and wrongs of dams and the rights and wrongs of a water company blocking a, blocking a dam and flooding areas. We can debate that all we want, but this is not a podcast for it. But these places need a bit of respect. Now, a few years ago, a fair few years ago, I was involved in the white water facility in a lane in the Middle East. And when that project came to light, there was a good few thousand entrapment hazards. And myself, Ian and Ben, went over there to sort of fix this stuff up. And it's been improved upon every year since. It's been still dead shallow over there. But in order to fix it, we swam it. And we swam it to make sure we didn't get battered and bruised too much. But there were some rivers in Britain that are damn released. Well, all damn released rivers are really in Britain. If you swim, you're going to hurt yourself. And I don't care whether these are flowing at 9 cubics or 16 cubics or 5 cubics, I don't care. But rocks hurt. And there's trees 
and roots and overhanging rubbish and bushes and all sorts of chaos. But paddlers, we all like it. Some paddlers, have, we've not really been in our boats, have we, all year because of COVID restrictions? A lot of us. A lot of us, like me, have taken up running or knitting or... I've not taken up knitting, taken up running. But some of us have taken up running or some taken up knitting or some taken up reading or cycling or something else to occupy ourselves. And then we get back in our boats. And while our skill levels may deteriorate a little bit because of the gap we've had not paddling, it's appearing to me that there's like a skill drain as well, not just a physical skill drain, but a mental skill drain. Almost like people have forgotten river etiquette. People have forgotten basic principles of paddling groups and some people have forgotten the basic principles of paddling of by yourself unless obviously we can have a whole podcast and I'm sure I've done one on solo boating and again I'm not going to do solo boating here one thing that happens on more managed courses I believe is because you can swim most of it and you bounce off yockey blocks and you basically go into a big pool at the bottom it's relatively easier to get rescued and get your gear back even if it's strangers retrieving your stuff for you. But on Damilish rivers that are in this country, when you swim, you're swimming on a real river and your boat goes away. And it can go away quite quickly. And your paddle can go away quite quickly. Now it is not somebody else's responsibility to rescue somebody else, you know, you and your group if they get into difficulty. Obviously we're all paddlers and we're all chill, and we do help each other out, and that's amazing. But don't be getting on the river with a group that doesn't have your back. Similarly, don't be a member of a group, yeah, where you don't know where you sit in that dynamic. It's okay to be a weak member of the group. I'm not saying it's not. It really is okay. But acknowledge your weaknesses and take the advice that's given okay if you have somebody that's a group leader ask them questions if you see a more confident paddler moving around the river like you want to do mimic them maybe ask them how it works take on their advice it's not good enough is it to uh, just watch videos people surfing or getting eddies and think you can do it you got to put the hours in you got to put the hours in to make these moves you're not going to learn by watching youtube put the hours in also if you're buying a new boat and there are a lot of money of boats buying a new boat it's not necessarily going to get you out of the shit you don't know what you're doing in the first place there is the old saying that like a good kayaker can probably paddle a bath or an inflatable unicorn down there even still make it look good on the flip side of that a bad paddle is never going to be able to paddle a state-of-the-art boat and make it work well you have got to have the skills and the knowledge to use your equipment properly
I mean, let's be honest, if you're spending 1,200 quid, 1,500 quid on a boat, and you don't know how to use it properly, that's up to you. I don't know the monkeys how much money you want to spend on a boat. But if you swim and lose it and it floats off to Chester or somewhere, you know, or floats down Glen Etive or, you know, down the Morriston and stuff and gets battered and beaten up, you'd be a bit upset, wouldn't you? But again, it ain't my money. I've been buying boats on eBay. And obviously, COVID's jumped these prices up. So be a bit cunning. Yes, I know. Plastic's got a shelf life. I know that. You know, and some people, some manufacturers might tell you that their boats are no good after 20 or 30 years. And I'd probably agree with them, to be honest, you know. Boat designs have come on a long way in 20 or 30 years. You know, now they've got huge rockers on them and they've got really good safety features. So they're all really good. But are they safety features or are they rescue features? A huge rocker on a boat, I would suggest being a safety feature. Pin bars, grab handles, they're more of a rescue feature, aren't they? But I could be completely wrong about that, being dyslexic, you know, I could have got that wrong way around. But a huge rock on a boat is going to, if you know what you're doing, it's going to let you ride over there, like a hydraulic, isn't it? Like a hydraulic jump type thing. Uh, and your rails, they're pretty handy for getting you around. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Wouldn't it be good if Formula One was just, uh, endorsed by Zoom? Be almost like Formula One had subtitles, then wouldn't it? When you go past, anyhow, I uh, I witter on. Yeah, it's just a rant, really. I'm, I'm ranting, and I'm going off tangents. But I think you get me drift. Me, my, just be proper. Should enunciate, shouldn't I? I think you get my drift. If you're paddling a river that you don't know, although there's plenty of videos around. Is it acceptable to get on without scouting it? Is it accept scouting it for real, not scouting it on YouTube or I'm sure there's other video sharing platforms available. Is it acceptable to go on the word of complete strangers on social media when you ask advice? Because you see it a lot. You see people post on social media saying, I'm going to X River. Any advice? And people respond. Now, quite often in our world of white water kayaking, because that's what I'm talking about, there's sometimes never a black and white answer, you know, it can be a little bit fluid. Like a prism, perhaps, to mix my metaphors. It's a prism of colour, isn't it, when we're when we talk about possible outcomes and possible rights and wrongs. But there's sometimes it is black and white and there's definite yeses and definite noes. Now, asking strangers on social media about if you're good enough to paddle certain rivers or you should buy a certain boat is probably a bit of a folly. Because you don't know them and they don't know you. And they don't know what you want out of a boat or out of a river. And you don't know how... Uh, informed they are, informed, that's a good word, or knowledgeable they really are. I've seen so many people using equipment and saying it's the best equipment in the world. And I'm probably guilty of it with anybody. Without any understanding of 
design. You have an understanding of what's comfortable, so you sit in a boat and it feels comfortable and it's got shelf appeal or shop appeal. And it might have a certain amount of what on the water appeal because it's comfy to paddle and there's a lot of room in it and, and all that. And it might work for them because they're six foot two and fifteen still. And the way they hold their paddle and the way they paddle, that boat suits them. And the style of water they paddle, blah blah blah. And it all works. But then to give advice on somebody else and say, Oh, you're six foot two and fifteen stone, you'll get my boat, same boat, it's perfect, it'll work for you. It don't work like that, does it? You know, we're all differently proportioned, we all paddle differently. And we see people asking advice, don't we, online, what paddle should I buy, what boat should I buy, what bonsai should I buy, what helmet should I buy. Now, in the old days we had magazines and in the magazines there were adverts for canoe shops. And then there's adverts for phone numbers and you phone shops up and you ask them advice. Because these are the professionals, aren't they? They flog the stuff day after day. <sighs> Asking strangers on the internet, though. But there's a website in there, I believe, called Let Me Google That For You. And if you type in Let Me Google That For You, it'll give you answers to stuff that you could probably Google yourself. I think what I'm really getting at here to rattle is we're not all the same. We all have differences. And we all want different things out of the water and the different things out of our day. Some of us want to surf waves. Some of us want to run smooth lines. Some of us want to build our confidence in order that we can run smooth lines and surf waves. Some of us know how to get eddies. We know that you hit the top of the eddy and when you're in the eddy you move as far away from the entrance of that eddy as possible to allow other people into that eddy. Some of us don't think like that because we don't have the experience. Some of us know that when you peel out into the peel out, like I'm making that, when you peel out into the flow, that you look upstream to see there's nobody coming to hit you and you're not going to collide with anybody. You also look downstream to make sure somebody's not sneaking out the back of you, you look piling to them either. Then there's some of us that surf waves and are pretty dapper on waves. And we clock somebody who's paddling towards us with those jealous old bunny arms and eyes on stalks and gaping mouth full of terror. And we know it's time to evacuate off that wave and let them paddle through the wave. Because we can sort of make an educated guess that they can't go around us. Yeah? And we need to give way to them. Because let's be honest, gravity's going to win. If we're surfing a wave and they're coming towards us, they will hit us. And it is our responsibility to move, not their responsibility to go around us. And some of us know that, and some of us need reminding. Like some of us need reminding, you've got to take a throw line everywhere you go. And a knife, they're really handy bits of kit. You know, some of us need reminding that you should dress for the, for the water, not the weather. You know? I should dress for a swim, perhaps. People need reminding this stuff. People need reminding you should wear shoes when you paddle. I met someone today that needed reminding, needed a buoyancy aid on. I'm not even going to get into that discussion, I'm not Pat Kelly. You know, wear a helmet, God. Good grief, wear a helmet. I mean, you can wear sunglasses if you want, right, because it stops your eyes falling out. But people need reminding of this stuff. You know, people need to be reminded, I think, if you're new to the sport as well. 
Are you just getting back into it after a break? Or your confidence is pretty low? You can seek advice from a number of professional coaches. You can seek advice from the history of our sport. Boats have designed, boats, boats have designed, that's not even the sentence. Boats have been designed in such a way that they take a lot of evolution from previous models and previous models and previous models and previous models and previous models. You know, the history of boat design goes back many, many, many years, many, many years. So it's nice to see that the people that design these boats are not just making them out of Lego and Meccano. You know, they're spending time studying history and boat dynamics. They know what works. They know what's ergonomic. Similarly, people that make paddles know how they work. They know the best way to use a paddle. They, they know, you know, what blade angle works well, what feather angle works well, what blade shape works well for certain situations. They know this stuff. You know, I've got an old Werner Wenatchee. Like for those that don't know the Werner Wenatchee, it's like a sheet of A4 paper made out of fiberglass. Big, big sort of symmetrical blade. It's like paddling with a shovel. Not quite as bad as paddling with a Schlegel or something, but, you know, very similar. And it's really good for ditch bashing, because if you do get pinned or drop it, you can pick it up and still use it. You don't have to, like, spin it around in your hands to make sure the asymmetrics are the right way around. And that's the only time I really use it, is when I'm ditch bashing. And I'm, in, and I'm ditch bashing in my topo. But I don't wear a motorcycle helmet, you know, because it's not, you know, 1992. But it's stuff to remember, like, buoyancy aids as well, isn't it? You know? What do you carry in your pocket, your buoyancy aid? You know, if you if you got a sling in there? You know, have you got a carabiner? Say sling, I mean tape, open-ended tape. But I'm pretty old school, so when I say sling, I don't mean like a sewn sling. I apologise if there's confusion there. So what's in your pocket? Go, go through it. I bet you didn't go through it, did you, before you got back on the water after COVID? You know? But there's a couple of little sweet wrappers in there, isn't there? And a bit of old, uh, a bit of old chocolate. But what else you got in there? Did you check that? Did you check your fur lines before you got back on after COVID? Or had it been sat in your boat, in your garden for 18 months? Or stuffed in its bag? Not in a way. Have you got a massive handle on a brand new fur line that you bought from the shop? Because it comes from the factory like that, and really it needs to be trimmed down to be a smaller handle. Can we check that? Have you bought a policy cheap or CAG cheap or a deck cheap with some sale online? And it's not quite your size, but you bought it because it was like 70% off and it doesn't quite fit you, but you saved a load of money. I mean, I've got shorts like that. And t-shirts that are not my size, that are a bit baggy on me. But I saved loads, loads of money and bought them. Can't do that with safety equipment, though, can you? You've got airbags in your boat, so they're blown up. Or do you think, I'm not going to swim, I don't need airbags? Yeah, yeah. You know? But we all make mistakes, don't we? And I am just ranting. But it's hot, isn't it? I am just ranting. Uh... One thing before I end today, because I've rattled on for 20 minutes, is if you ask advice from somebody on the river that appears 
to be better than you. Because you wouldn't be asking advice from somebody that was worse than you, would you? You know, you would be asking advice from somebody that appeared better than you. You need to make a call when this advice is given. Do you take the advice that is given or not? If you're not taking the advice that was given, you should question why you even asked for that advice in the first place. Because you're asking for advice from somebody that is obviously doing something to inspire you to ask the advice from them. So if they do give you advice and you don't heed it, it falls on you, not them. How many of you people listening to this podcast are wearing all black? Put on a black boat and black gear like a ninja. I had a black boat as a kid. I've had black gear, full black gear. Bit silly, really. Well, dead silly. Uh, really, really silly to go stealth. But, you know, manufacturers sell black stuff and, you know, black's cool in it. I mean, Darth Vader's cool and he's all black in it. He's cool. You know, Kylo Ren's all black. He's pretty cool. Keanu Reeves wearing a big long black coat at the Matrix. Pretty cool. Noddy, multicoloured, with a bright hat. Not so cool. You know, Paddington with those trousers, bright yellow trousers. Not so cool. Anyhow, I've diverted on a, like is normal for me. So, I'm going to go. Put me some questions in the comments. Speak to me on the river. Give me a slap if you disagree with me. I'm alright with that. You know? I'm okay with that. Question why you're asking advice. Question if you should be on that river with that group. And like I've said before, if you're on the river with a group and you don't think they've got your back, ditch them. Find some new friends to paddle with. Yeah. People say paddling is not a matter of life and death. But it can be when little mistakes become... Bigger mistakes and bigger mistakes and bigger mistakes. So watch out for yourselves, gang. Be safe, be happy. And uh, buy me a coffee sometime. Cheerio.